season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the jkr podcast today we have round tripper director of baseball operations and university high school coach we got reed andrews on the jkr podcast for the baseball business series brought to you by old fort baseball reed super pumped to finally get you here on the jkr podcast i know we've talked about a little bit here you know a couple months ago you know pumped to finally get you on how are you doing today man i'm great i appreciate you having me on i know we've talked about this yeah for a little while since the battle of indiana so finally uh Happy to get on here with you. Okay. All right. So before we dig into baseball, before we dig into round trooper, university, high school, let's dig into my first question. I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast. And that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Reed Andrews? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I, I'm a kid from Kokomo, grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, went to Western high school. Uh, been around baseball my whole life. My dad was a coach. Uh, my mom coaches. So kind of grew up around coaches um you know started coming around tripper when i was a, in high school for a couple of years and linked up with these guys down here and um just kind of stayed in the game my whole life been around it forever i think since i was five years old i maybe had one summer where i wasn't around the game of baseball in 35 years so um just always been kind of a baseball guy been around it a long time and you know love doing it Okay. So I believe after, after you're there playing at Western high school, I believe you go, you said you graduated from Purdue. Take us through those couple of years afterwards before you got to the Mustangs university and just round tripper in general, you know, what happens there? You know, how'd you get connected with round tripper? I'm sure, you know, you and Chris probably had a pre-existing relationship of some sort with you going there in high school to train, but you know, what happens there? You know, how'd you get connected with round tripper? Yeah, so graduated from Purdue, um, came out of school, was trying to find a job, wasn't having a whole lot of luck. I was back home uh, working in a steel shop that one of my old uh, baseball coaches actually ran. He gave me a job while I was there, and um, I decided that was enough of that. I got back into school down at IUPY, and I was going back and forth between Kokomo and Indy and Westfield, which is kind of that natural in-between. I stopped by one day, and you know, I had been coaching in college with my dad and to see if they needed any coaches. and um or any help here and started just doing some part-time stuff while I was still in school and then you know in the summer Chris asked me if I wanted to come in and run his tournaments for him you know I was studying sports management and asked me to come in and start doing some of that and that's kind of the first time I got into the business side of it with him about man that's probably 11 years ago now okay so I'm assuming you and Chris probably already knew each other at that point with you coming in and training uh, not really. I was a pitcher. So I dealt with the pitching guy here more than anything. I don't even, I mean, never remember interacting with Chris in high school. I was always here for the pitching side, um, which was Jay Lear at the time. And he's the one that actually hired me back here um, when I came in. So I, I, you know, I didn't get to know Chris till I was back here at Round Tripper working um, and doing some coaching stuff and started to interact with him. And that's when, you know, you know, we started a relationship and he asked me to start doing some tournament stuff for him. That's kind of blossomed into what it is now. Okay. So you talk about you, you when you first started at Round Tripper, it was some part-time stuff while you were still in school. You know, what did those job responsibilities kind of look like? And then when you did take on that full-time job to become, you know, the tournament director, you know, what kind of goes into that job at, at job? What kind of goes into that job as well? 
Yeah. So originally, I mean, I was just out here helping coach some fall ball teams. We were running a fall ball league out here and um, six teams, I think. Um, and I was coaching one of them on the weekends. I was helping do some, you know, instructional type stuff in our classes um, in the fall. And then once summer hit, um, it's everything that goes into a tournament, man. You're trying to get the teams in. You're making schedules. You're getting umpires worrying about your staffing, your concession, your gate. And that was before Grand Park. So we were running sites, you know, you know, through Carmel and Westfield and, you know, different sites that uh, we would have set up. So you're trying to coordinate all the workers and games and, you know, making sure field conditions are right. And you're hauling, you know, bags of red and conditioner all over the city trying to get fields ready. And, you know, it's a lot of a lot of moving parts just to try to get some, you know, kids some baseball. Yeah. So being that tournament director there at first to, know, to now where you're the director of baseball operations for Round Tripper, you know, take us through these past 10 years, you know, how your job responsibilities have evolved a little bit to kind of where you're at the, at the point now, just kind of take us through that. Yeah. So everything started, you know, in the outdoor piece, you know, the outdoor fields, the tournaments, things like that. And then once, you know, the summer ended, um, it just kind of naturally transitioned into me helping out on the indoor, um, the scheduling, the classes, um, the Mustang training, the different programming we do here. Um, and I don't know how it's been 10 years. It's all kind of snowballed. And now it's just everything. You know, it's the outdoor fields. It's the facility. It's, you know, 40 plus Mustangs teams. It's wearing a lot of different hats, trying to do a little bit of everything for everybody, you know. So, you know, over these past 10 years or so, you know, going from, you know, part-time to tournament director to now director of baseball operations, you know, just looking back on, you know, what are some of those biggest lessons that you've learned, you know, from the day-to-day -day operations, but even some of the biggest lessons you've learned from Chris, who got into the business back in, I believe, in 1993, you know, just yeah. what are some of those biggest lessons that you, you've learned at Round Tripper? Man, honestly, it's hard to pick one or two. I mean, I came in as a kid, you know, you I came in as a kid who studied sports management and the theoretical side of it in the classroom is completely different from the real world application, you know, so um, just learning the, the whole business behind at all um it, it's it's a game at the end of the day but there's so much that goes into it and that a lot of people don't don't realize i think and you got to treat it like a business and you gotta um you know make some tough decisions on on people and on you know finances and all the fun stuff that goes into it i mean chris has basically taught me everything i know about the industry and um has been a great mentor for me i'm sure so, you know, when you came in in 2013, I know when, I know when we were working on Battle of Indiana, you were telling me, you know, we just we just updated this facility, did all these different renovations. But beyond that, you know, these past 10 years or so, you know, what? how have you seen Round Tripper? How have you seen the Mustangs evolve, you know, just over these past 10 years of you being part, you know, underneath Chris and just working for them on the day to day? Yeah, I mean, it's really growing. And I think that's, I mean, part of baseball growing in Hamilton County in general. It's it's always been popular, but it seems like there's been really this boom in the last 10 years of, of baseball. And I think the way that the games transitioned from hell when I was playing, it's a little, you know, you play Little League, then you play a couple of years of travel ball, then you're going to play Legion ball or Babe Ruth or whatever it is. You know, the whole world's evolved where everybody's playing travel ball from eight, seven, eight, nine years old on. So everybody's looking to get an edge. You know, everybody wants the development. Everybody wants the training, the lessons, the things like that, that's going to set their kid apart. Um, so I guess just the way that the masses ha have changed and everybody wants to be part of it and um, be in the facility and doing all the different things to try to make themselves better ball players. I think it's more of a, 
an industry change, I guess, than just necessarily a round tripper change. I mean, we see three of these facilities in one county and they're all staying full. Kind of speaks to how popular baseball is around here and how how everybody's getting started a lot younger than they used to. Yeah. So you talk about how baseball's evolved there in Hamilton County. You know, obviously you got you guys at University High School, one of the top teams. And I believe, is it 2A you guys are in? 2A, yeah. Okay, so one of the top teams in 2A, you know, that whole conference when it comes to some of the bigger schools like Zionsville, Carmel, Westwood, all those schools are really good. Get Grand Park there now that you said wasn't there when you got started. When it comes to Grand Park, you know, what difference did you see for Round Tripper when Grand Park came in? Like, are you guys going there more for tournaments throughout the summer? What does that kind of look like once Grand Park kind of hit? Yeah, I mean, initially we were a little worried about it. You know, we were doing tournaments and things like that. And then when they came in, you know, they kind of took that over, but kind of allowed us to transition into, you know, what we do best, which is the teaching, the instructing and all of that really let our guys focus on that stuff a year round where we're not really worried about tournaments and things like that anymore. We had to let those guys run with that. And it's been great, I think, for the community, for us being a mile and a half down the road. Um, you know, our Mustangs teams are there a lot. You know, they don't have to travel all over the country to go get the best competition. The best competition is coming to them. I mean, it's in their backyard. They go a mile and a half up the road. Um, so I, I think it's been great for us. Um, it's been good for for the baseball community here to give give everybody that opportunity to, you know, play locally and, you know, we, we get that question all the time. Well, how much do you guys travel when new people are trying to come into the Mustangs or whatever? I was like, we don't have to anymore, man. We go up the road and we play all the best baseball we want to. We still go, you know, a couple times a year because, you know, it's fun and you get to go see different parts of the country. But, um, man, a lot of our teams are just right up the road most weekends. It's nice. We get to see them a lot more. Um, they come to the facility, you know, before they play. They're getting their hitting in, their workouts in. Um, a lot of stuff that they wouldn't be able to do when – if you were on the road instead of just being yeah. right up the road. Yeah, I'm sure. So when it comes to the day-to-day, -day, you know, what does that look like there for you? I'm sure it's different for, you know, now in the springtime, universities playing ball. What does that look like spring, summer, and then even the fall and the winter and that kind of the off season there? What does that day-to-day -day operations kind of look like for you, you know, being that director of baseball operations? Yeah, honestly, our, our off season is our busiest season. You know, once the weather hits and we everybody wants to be inside. I mean, we got 65,000 square feet. Our cages are packed. Our turf field's packed. Everybody's wanting to get their winter work in, you know. So, um, I mean, I roll in and I do a lot of customer service. I mean, it's a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of talking to parents, a lot of talking to coaches, um, making sure, you know, the kids are in the right class or they're in the right program or they're coming on the right day or this, that or the other. And, you know, then the Mustang side of it that, you know, even though it's the off season, we're still doing training where they do, you know, 20 weeks of training through the off season. So, you know, making sure, you know, our schedules are right and our instructors are where they need to be. And we're talking over practice plans and getting the right plans in place for them, you know, to do the teaching piece, um, uniforms, the fun stuff that all that comes along with that and supply issues and supply chain things and, you know, stock issues with our vendors and, you know, it's, it's a million different things. I wouldn't say that, you know, each day is the same. I mean, I, I come in, I sit down on my computer, I answer some emails, and that's about the the extent of, you know, the same thing I do every day. Then it's, you know, going, going 100 different directions, depending on, you know, what's going on. And then once we get into the spring, you know, it's, it's high school practice, it's high school games. Uh, we're on the road two, three times a week, um, on the weekends, almost every weekend. And then, you know, we roll into summer and that's when, you know, we got practice, outdoor practices that go on every day. Pastime uses our field, our big field for um, 
their tournaments about every weekend. So it's trying to coordinate schedules and workers and making sure everybody's got everything they need to just to do, do whatever they're doing here. Yeah. So you talk about that round tripper facility, 65,000 indoor square feet of batting cages, just open field, stuff like that. You know, I've been there for battle of Indiana. I love that facility, but you, you talked about how that renovations were just a couple of years ago. Take us through that renovation. You know, just the idea of, okay, you maybe conversations with you, Chris, and some other guys. Okay, you know, maybe let's go ahead. Let's expand this facility. Let's make it a little bit bigger. Just take us through that whole process and kind of what went into it. Yeah, I mean, we got to a point where we were, I mean, bursting at the seams. We were turning away more business than we were booking. Yeah, no, we just didn't have enough room. And finally, you know, Chris and, you know, his wife, Sue, who are the owners, um, she was the one that really pushed Chris and, like, we need to do this um and you know it came at a weird time it was covid uh, that we were under construction um but luckily we had done all the planning and made sure everything was good prior to that hitting and you know we built through covid um you know we sue designed a lot of the stuff you know the mezzanine area and how we want the pro shop and the upper area to look and the offices and things like that and you know we kind of gathered how much turf space we would need to accommodate everybody else in cages and how can we make this good for our members who may not be Mustangs, but are that want to come in. We need to be able to give them their space. We need to be able to give our trainers their space for all their classes and lessons and programming and stuff we're doing. And we also need to have space for all of our teams for their training and what they want to come in on their own. So was, we really down and a lot of scribbles on pieces of paper and graph paper and napkins and just, you know, a lot of ideas floating back and forth, how we're going to make everything fit in and, um we came up with a pretty pretty good idea and it's it's paid off for us we've been you know we've been we've been full man it's it's you know we we're keeping the place busy and it's fun and it's a it's a neat atmosphere now it's a little different than it used used to be and no i, I love it it's it's great i'm sure you know every time that i stepped in before like i was you know the saturday before battle of indiana or even just the times i come and meet you felt like i mean the parking lot was full just tons of people in there you know, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that project has done, you know, works for for the for round tripper and Indiana Mustangs. But another big time project that you guys, I believe, are currently working on right now. I know I talked to Chris a little bit about it, you know, a couple months ago was that Miracle League. I can't remember what the exact name of it is, but kind of take us through, you know, maybe that idea that kind of came about the conversations and what exactly that goal is for that Miracle League. Yeah, so the Miracle League of Westfield um, is an opportunity for kids with disabilities to still be able to play the game. Um, we have a family here whose uh, son is um, a Mustang and has been, you know, part of the round tripper family for a long time. The dad was a ball player. Um, and Chris knew him as well. And they kind of came to us and they have a daughter who um, has some of those disabilities and they wanted to give opportunities for these kids. And there's an organizational an organization called the Miracle League. They do fields across the country, but there's not one here in Indiana. I believe there's a couple that have been tried to get off the ground, but may not have been successful. So they came to us and wanted to, you know, jump into that project and see if we can make it happen. And of course, Chris and Sue were like, absolutely. I think that'd be a great idea. So, you know, we're doing some fundraising, uh, things like that. You know, a lot of upfront costs because it has to be a specific, it has to be a turf field, it has to be a specific kind of turf. Um, you have to be able to do all the entrances for the handicap, the, the wheelchairs, the walkers, anything like that, that the kids may use. You have to have the correct entrances and things like that on the field. So it'll be concrete work and turf work and just retroing one of our fields that we have already to be able to accommodate that kind of game. 
Um, and then the organizational piece of it, trying to get volunteers and sponsors and the outreach and things like that. We're trying to kick it off in the fall. Um, hopefully this summer, you know, we'll see some construction out here on this field, getting turf down and getting ready to go. But um, it, it's been a great project. Um, and I think it's a, it's, it's going to be really good once it's, it's underway. So with that goal opening up in the fall, you know, what you, you mentioned turf, but you know, what exactly needs to be done for that goal to be completed in the fall? And what are, what has been maybe some of those biggest hurdles you guys have had to face of getting this project completed? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I mean, we just need to get a turf field down, um, and that's not cheap. I mean, guys that have, you know put turf down, they understand that there's a lot of cost that comes from that. It's not just throwing, slapping some turf on top of some grass. You know, there's a lot of underlayment and drainage and all that type of stuff that goes into that. So, I mean, that that's the big thing that's got to be done. We've got everything else really in place. We've kind of got the organizational piece in place. We've got volunteers. It's been and that, I guess our biggest hurdle is the money. I mean, you got to raise a whole lot of money. And that takes time. It hasn't been necessarily a bad thing or a, or a, ba a bad hurdle, you would say. But, you know, it's just it's time, you know, that it, it takes to raise that type of money to, to get this type of project and get your guys scheduled to come out and do the turf and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're on 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 pace and on track. It's just it's, it's going to be a matter of time. Okay, so let's go ahead. I got two more segments here for it. University yeah. High School, kind of take cool. us through, you know, when you guys started there, did you start with university as soon as you started with Round Tripper? You know, where did that come into play? And you mentioned that, you know, both your parents were coaches, but, you know, for you, you know, where did that motivation, you know, to coach that next generation come from? Yeah, so it started this. So I, the first summer I ran tournaments, it was the spring after that. So it wasn't the very first summer I was there, but it was the next spring. Um the guy who was assisting Chris, then he took another job and was going elsewhere moving. And uh, Chris asked me if I wanted to pop in. I had been coaching Legion ball with my dad for a few years through college. Um, and, you know, when we came in, it was it wasn't like it is now. Um, you know, we I remember having to get a kid a mask to play catch because so he wouldn't get his teeth knocked out. And I mean, Chris has had to take guys to the dentist because they got their teeth knocked out playing catch. You know, it was a different different type of ball player that came through there. Um, you know, we were, we were struggling to win games. You know, we won a sectional that year. It was at a one, a level, um, but it, it was, it was a lot different. And then, you know, it was really kind of when, when Chris's son came in and gosh, I don't remember when he graduated in 19. So what was that 16? He came in, you know, he was the first serious ball player that kind of came to university um and some of the guys saw it and kind of went like all right well maybe we'll go there maybe we can play with him and it's kind of snowballed from there and now guys think about university as a place they want to go go play ball um and and i guess it always just kind of came naturally to me like that was my next just natural step was coaching um i played and you know i finished my playing career and i got right back into coaching when i was in college and um it's just, you know, staying in it, staying in the competitive, you know, part of the game um, and wanting to help teach the kids. I mean, you remember, think about the fun you had playing baseball growing up and you want to help impart that, you know, some of the, the knowledge you've gained back to this younger generation and watching these guys come in as, as young, you know, unpolished guys that are really wanting to learn the game is fun. You know, I think that's the, the biggest thing about high school baseball is it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot different than, you know, travel ball or, or whatever. We have a lot of fun. You spend a lot of time with these guys. You're with them five, six days a week for months at a time. You become a family. And 
um, have a lot of fun together and, you know, bullshit with each other. And, uh, no, it, it's been, it's been good. We've created a pretty fun atmosphere and pretty fun culture there. So take us through that evolution on that day to day. And cause you talk about, you know, how, when you first got there, you know, you're going to take, you're taking a kid to the dentist to go fix his teeth to nowadays. I mean, you've had Chris's son go through, I believe Reese Sharp went there as well. I mean, you guys got Jay Cooker right now going to Xavier and a couple other guys who are, you know, the underclass on the underclass level who are some good ball players as well. Just, and you know, just what, what is it like number two in the, in the state for uh 2A. So just take us through that day-to-day evolution of, you know, when you first got there, to where you and Chris are at nowadays, you know, being one of the best schools into a, in the state of Indiana, just take us through that day-to-day evolution. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of teaching at the beginning, you know, 10, 11 years ago, we had to work on how you're fielding ground balls, how you're catching balls, how you're catching pop flies. We had to spend a lot more time on the teaching side of it, the, and the basic teaching, the fundamental teaching where now those guys come in, they've got their, They've got their skill set down. They understand how to do it. We make little tweaks, maybe some footwork things. Um, but, you know, they all got their routines. These guys are doing a million things in the offseason. They've got their pitching coaches, their hitting coaches, you know, their fielding coaches. We're almost now more of a – I don't know how to put it. We're trying to be build these kids into a team where it's more cohesive. Everybody has their skill set. We're still teaching to an extent, but it's not as much. Now it's how do we make all these pieces fit together We've got all these skilled kids, you know, now it's let's manage the team. Let's make sure we're putting the right team out there. Let's make sure we're managing arms. Guys like Hooker, you know, that we got to watch pitch counts because we don't know what we don't want to burn him out in March and April. I know what he's got a big future ahead of him. And we got to think about that, not just with him, but any of these guys that are going on to play at the next level. You're, you know, it's as much as you want to win a high school baseball game, there's more that goes into it. These kids are going on to play. You're trying to make sure they're staying healthy. They're doing what they need to do, getting their reps in. And even the guys that are still underclassmen, you're preparing them for the summer, right? The high school season, as much fun and as much as we want to win and be successful, there's still a big part of the season afterwards in the summer where these guys are going out and getting recruited. So you're making sure they're getting their reps in. They're getting their at-bats. They're getting their innings. They're doing this. They're doing that to make sure they're set up to have a great June and July when it's time to go get recruited on the the travel circuit. So take us through this year's 2023 university team. You know, you've mentioned Hooker. I believe Beckett Sue's there as well as your guys' number two. Gus Pedron, who I met at Battle of Indiana. Some other guys that I've seen around at the PBR All-State Showcase and, and, you know, just in general. You know, just take us through the outlook on this year's team and what's happened so far. Yeah, I mean, obviously Hooker's our clear-cut number one. Uh, Big-time arm, you know, was up to 95 in the offseason. And he, he threw a really good game down in Memphis for us against one of the top teams in the Midwest. Uh, the guys had a perfect game, really liked him. Said he was one of the best arms they'd seen this spring. Um, he's going to probably lead off for us, play some shortstop for us. He's a two-way guy, you know, um, at the next level. I mean, well, at the pro level, potentially he'll be an arm. But at Xavier, he's going to have the opportunity to play both ways because he hits well. He fields really well up the middle. Um, he's going to kind of be our catalyst for the year. We almost will go as he goes. Um, then our other senior is Seth Hogue. Um, he's actually our number two on the mound. He's going to Marion. Um, another big, strong kid plays first base for us, hits in the middle of our lineup. So those are only two seniors. Um, so we're relatively young, but those, those two will play a really important part for our team this year, um, being our number one and two on the mound, two of our best bats, two of our best defenders. Um, you know, then we got a lot of young guys. Uh, I got a handful of juniors, uh, got a handful of sophomores, a couple of freshmen. You talk about Beckett, Sue, who's one of our freshmen. He's going to 
you know, he's going to pitch for us. He's going to play some infield for us. He's a switch hitter. We're trying to figure out where the lineup he may land offensively. Um, and then another – got a junior by the name of Sam Woodward um, who started in the outfield last year for us as a freshman. Um, and he's our starting center fielder this year as a sophomore. Um, went down to Memphis, went six for 12, a um, couple doubles, a triple. Can really hit, can really run, play some really good defense. Um, I know he's got some guys on him for the collegiate level. Um, he'll be he, he'll be a big part of our offense, too. I think he hit the two-hole for us most of the weekend, two or three-hole maybe most of the weekend down in Memphis. Uh, um, I mean, I got a million guys I could talk about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, our, we have two really good catchers. You mentioned Gus, uh, who went down and caught a great game for us. I know he was at the Battle of Indiana, but we got another junior catcher, Mark Hamby, um, who, again, hits in the middle of our lineup. Um, really, really solid defensive catcher. He blocks well. He receives well. He's He's got some pop in his bat. Like, he, he's, he's figuring out his throwing. That was kind of an issue that, you know, he worked on in the offseason, got into a throwing program that is really for pitchers as a catcher to make sure he's working on his throwing, his arms really come along. So I'm really excited. I think he's going to have a really good year. He had over 400 for us last year as a sophomore, and I think he's going to do the same for us again as a junior. So we got a lot of pieces. Um, our outfield play was really good all weekend. Uh, we got some infield things that we're going to mix around and, and figure out. Our arms were pretty good. Our catchers were good. We took us a couple games, but our sticks figured it out. I think we scored eight runs and ten runs in our last two games, and so our offense kind of came along. And um, man, it's going to be it's going to be fun, you know, to figure it out and see. I'm sure. So for you, you know, being that director of operations for the Mustangs, being a being a coach for university and a lot of those guys going back and forth like Hooker, being a Mustang, being a guy at university. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other guys as well. You know, what are some of those relationships that you have with players for university and guys with the Mustangs? Maybe some guys who go to different high schools and come into round tripper or even some of those former guys. You know, I know Pepio's there on the wall whole bar comes in at times just take us through some of those relationships you have with some of those players yeah and that's it's really cool um especially the university guys that you know they live here man it's it's they're here six seven days a week they're working out even when we're not having practice they're just here they, they're doing homework here they're lifting they're doing their extra stuff like we, we can't run those dudes out of here half the time um but it's the same way for a lot of these guys around here. I, I have those type of relationships because I coach with the university guys. But, you know, there's tons of guys that roll through here where you go to Westfield or go to Zionsville or Noblesville that are just in here all the time. And then the, the cool part is when they go to college and they come back, um, you know, when they're on breaks, they have, you know, over winter break, they got a month. And it's just it's college guys just splattered through here. They're getting their workouts in. They're running. They're throwing. We're down there. We're talking you know, just talking life at that point, how everything's going. And then when they get to pro ball, it's even more of that. Um, they're, they're in here all winter. I mean, Cole was here all winter. He worked out and he helped teach. And those guys come back and they make a little extra money by helping us teach in, in the winter. Um, and it's pretty cool. Reece Sharp, you know, was back here for some of the winter. Um, Carson Coleman is with the Yankees and he helped teach some. And, you know, it's it, it becomes a a big family, you know, when you spend so much time with each other and you're wanting to see how, how life is and how baseball is and just spending time with those guys, it, it becomes pretty cool. Yeah. Pep, Pep came back for a little bit. He's, he's not here as much, um, but he, he came back a little bit this winter and got to talk to him and 
I'm real excited for him and the opportunities he's getting with the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, he's, he's the be... number five starter this year. Yeah, pretty awesome. It's been about about time, <laughs> I think. Um, you know, and those are some of the conversations, especially Chris. You know, has with with those guys. You know, he went through it. He went through pro ball, so he's a great you know resource for them just to to talk about the life of pro ball and how things how things are going and you know if they're struggling if they feel like they're stuck or if they need to make an adjustment on something and you know it's it's just a I don't know, Kevin Christman who works here, he likes to call it a baseball utopia. And we try to we try to make it that. We want everybody here. We want guys getting better. We want guys developing and and spending as much time as as they can here. So if you've been involved with the Mustangs and with university, you know, you guys have Hooker going to Xavier. I know you got a couple of like like we've talked about, you know, guys who are, you know, within that recruiting process right now, potentially going to play at that next level. Do you play some sort of role in, in that recruiting process at all when it comes to, you know, directing some of these college coaches to some of your players, giving them advice? Do you play any sort of role in that recruiting process? Not as much. That's mostly Chris and guys like Kevin Chrisman, you know, they're in that recruiting role, um, calling coaches, you know, on the high school side. Um, I try to help facilitate some of that with our guys, you know, if they want to sit down and have conversations about school and what they think they want to do but ultimately yeah, Chris picks up the phone man he's the guy that knows everybody uh, or knows somebody that knows somebody can make those calls can you know get, get guys in front of the coaches they need to be you know talk to all the all the recruiting coordinators and stuff like that you know we'll help out a little bit if guys need to know hey where's the player playing this weekend or what are they doing you know uh, but man Chris and, and Kevin Chrisman really really handle that recruiting side. Okay, so look, I got a couple more questions here left for yeah. you. We'll go ahead and end it off. So just looking back into these past ten years, you know, whether that's working at Round Trip or doing the tournaments, coaching at university, just looking back into it, you know, what are some of those favorite memories that just come to mind when you think of these past ten years? You know, working underneath Chris, working with Round Trip or university, and all that, just put into one. You know, what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind? I mean, I think the the favorite memories are all like on the ball field. You know, we spend so much time on the business side of it, but the fun part is when you get to get out on the field um, and the working part. I mean, running those tournaments, those were long hours, sun up to sun down, man, but they were fun. You're on the ball field, you're interacting with the coaches and the fans and the people, and you're over there flipping burgers and bullshitting with some dad from Illinois or Iowa or Wisconsin. You know, it's it's the part of the game that that is really fun. So those are the fun, fun memories. And then, you know, of course, winning, you know, the state championship in 2019 on the high school side, that was – you know, an unbelievable run, really fun. And even 2018, our first time we went went to the state state championship, even though we lost, man, that run with that group of guys was a lot of fun. So I think all the best memories are really, you know, on the ball field. Like I said, as much time as we spend in the facility, doing the work and making sure the business is running, being able to get out and be on the ball field, um, that, that's the best part of it. Okay. All right. So last question here for you. So now as you look into the future, you know, what do you think that vision is for, you know, round tripper, but also for yourself personally, as you move into, you know, the rest of 2023, 24, 25, whatever, just what is that vision and some of those goals that you have going into these next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, we want to continue to grow. Um, there's always room for growth and improvement and things like that, making sure operationally everything, everything's good. Um, we want to try to touch as many ballplayers as we can. That's always really been the mission of round tripper. We want to, you know, give every opportunity to every kid who wants to play the ball game. So just being able to grow our business, um, touch more kids, if that's team wise or if that's programming wise, you know, however we can help grow the game um, of baseball around Hamilton County, Central Indiana, the state of Indiana, the Midwest, whatever it is, you know, we want to just give opportunities to as many kids as we can.
Okay. All right. Well, that's the final question here for you on the J-Care podcast. You know, super appreciative of you giving me your time here today. I know it's a busy time of the year. You guys got university. Well, I guess you guys are on spring break, but I know it's still yeah. a busy time of the year for you. With yeah, it caught me at the right time. We got spring break uh, this week. So uh, got but, some time. No. Uh, but no, but th- just th- thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And, you know, best of luck as university goes and tries to defend that number one, number two spot in that two-way spot. Go win sectionals, regional, semi-state. Hopefully you guys are back in that state championship. Uh, just Again, just thanks for coming on the show, and best of luck the rest of this season. All right, man. I appreciate you having me on.